welcome to episode 44 of the Bike Shop Boyfriend Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin White. Um, on this episode, it's uh, it's been a bit of an amalgamation and a bit of a salvage job, but uh, I get into analysis of the Bikes and Beyond, that's the bike shop, uh, Beyond the Grave, part two cyclocross race that took place uh, last month. Finally got it done, and um, yeah, it was a, me screwing up, actually. So it's me salvaging it. I could not get the audio to work. Um, <laughs> enjoy that listen. And then also what's new in tech and out in the wild, I cover a few different things that I've seen that I'm actually very excited about seeing uh, in person and getting my hands on. Um, so thoughts and comments about that. And then, oh, what's up in the bike shop? Uh, I talked to some of my coworkers. Uh, we get a little bit of a gossip session. I had to edit so much of it out because those sailors like to swear and I try and keep this podcast as clean as possible. Um, but also some bikes that I'm very, very excited about for 2019. And you know what? Stop the presses. But first, here we go. Holy snap and crap. Um, just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, some of these episodes of the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast have reached 100 plays uh, respectively on Anchor uh, as well as others through uh, as well as through the distribution channels, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, all of those good listens um, and spots to listen po- to podcasts at. Um, thank you so much. It means the world to me that this content is getting out there uh that you're responding to it if you have any questions and comments as always um if you want to just hear a thank you from me directly hit me up uh either in the comments below or on instagram or twitter dustin wht is the handle for both accounts um I respond pretty quickly. It goes directly to my phone. It is me uh, responding to it. It means so much to me that you folks have listened to this. Um, Thank you. That's all I can say. Thank you. So cyclocross race planning log. Uh, It is the morning of the race. It is... 7 a.m. I've been up for about an hour and a bit already, uh, just getting some last-minute stuff organized, packed into my car. Rudy's probably been up since... He might not have slept, actually. He's He, he might stress out. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm just about to leave for the race site itself. Um, yeah, more to come. Stay tuned. So as you can see, it's not hard to tell that um, I just realized that the phrase, as you can see, uh, this is audio. You cannot see this. Um, Unless you have synesthesia, then you can see what I'm saying. Anyways, um, I totally goofed, dummied up uh, on how to use my voice recorder. um, And by the time I tried to get the recorder going the battery was dead so I had no way to uh, record it and then I tried using uh, my iPhone that's how I record most of these podcasts Um, that ended up uh, being even a bigger 
uh, screw up. So uh, here is a mashup edit of kind of what the race sounded like. So enjoy. Almost if you go into it a little undercooked, you will feel better throughout the race. Whereas yeah. if you went into it really, really sharp, chances are you'd be burnt out with it like that. Ja, eindelijk kunnen laten zien dat er kunstenaars zijn. Ja, maar het is niet alleen vandaag, ook morgen in gedachten. Hè. Daar is het heuvelachtig en daar hebben ze maar een paar emmers water nodig om het daar pittig te maken. Daar wil ik nu toe komen. Is het een voordeel dat je vandaag op wedstrijdniveau kunt komen? So pretty much, um, as you could tell, forgot to bring my A-game to the bike shop, uh, or sorry, to this bike race. And um, yeah, but that all being said, uh, for next time, bring fresh batteries to uh, to any kind of live recording that I plan on doing. Um, also, bring like proper, or check to make sure that your phone isn't on uh, a non data roaming settings so that way i can actually access the internet and the anchor app to make these voice recordings um you know just for next time as well as get uh more photos because i really feel like i didn't get many photos to actually capture the event so i'm really relying on and this is big shout out to my man paul uh paul simpson who takes wonderful photos um we've been using them for the bike shop uh, to sort of promote the race, showcase it, uh, really give our sponsors that provided prizes, um, amazing content for them to use and for documenting the race. Um, he did it right after a graveyard shift. So I don't know what is with this guy. Uh, I, I hope to get him on the podcast again to, uh, maybe explain to everyone, uh, how he does it because he'll work an entire graveyard shift finish and then still do something very active slash you have to be awake for it to make sense and to work um he's by far one of the best in the biz uh (laughs) for doing that uh we'll probably even talk about the one ride where he did a graveyard shift and decided to do a hundred kilometer plus uh century ride right after that and uh that that turned into a bit of a poop show so there's that fun fact um beyond that uh that's a bit of a joke um we are going to be doing another race next year we want to do uh something a little bit pre-season if we could call it that uh before the cyclocross season starts um so we are looking at doing more race organizing and um going to be going forward with that bit of news in the time being lots of organization huge uh applause to the volunteers who spent 
eight hours or more freezing their tootsies off. Um, big ups to my man Terry for making a tremendous bonfire that kept so many people warm uh, on a pretty very chilly day um the fog that rolled in totally set the tone for the entire day uh for super being spooky um also i want to give a shout out to uh rudy alex um mike uh who's actually the shop electrician uh they all went above and beyond uh big ups to carl uh von i can't speak um Carl Von Hammerwatts for uh, volunteering his time. Also, uh, DK, the other Dustin, um, aka the machine, for just going around and just being an overall machine. Uh, the essential, again, uh, super awesome for everyone who stayed behind to help clean up and uh, return the uh, race site to, back to its former glory. Um, we couldn't do this event without any of you so thank you so so much for everyone who volunteered who pitched in a hand um gotta give up also before i forget uh uncle brad thank you for standing alone in a side of the (laughs) race course pretty much by yourself for eight hours uh which was kind of humorous in retrospect uh but also very cold probably um Thank you so much for volunteering and hope to get you out for uh, maybe a non-volunteering, spectating-friendly uh, side of things in the near future. Um, and also huge uh, insights into color commentary. Uh, Steve Scholes, who does the local uh, color commentary and announcing scene uh, here in Winnipeg and Manitoba, um, he is... I, I, I first have to say it's just tremendous that he's able to remember all the racers' names, their sl- their race biographies in a lot of ways, um, and also to provide a lot of ad lib analytical insight on how to race the course. Um, I got to sidekick slash uh, do um, spot commentary and. Uh, insight i would call it into some of the racers uh with a mega bullhorn so that was super fun super annoying probably for the racers but uh, i got some of them to laugh um which i think is part of it and also upped my heckle game i would call it um but yeah all said super fun event i highly recommend if you haven't checked out a cyclocross race to go out and do so uh support your local cross races and uh it's really a fun spectator friendly sport um, especially on two wheels and uh, gets you outside, gets you to um, possibly see terrain that would never be used for a cyclocross race to be used as a cyclocross race. So that's just uh, pretty much my summary of Bikes and Beyond's Beyond the Grave Part 2. So hopefully you enjoyed it. So, question, what was your first bike that you saw uh, in the shop that you were kind of like, I need to ride that or I need to buy that? Here? Yeah. Actually, any shop. Oh, jeez. Oh. Um, probably at Woodcock, I saw. It was a carbon Kona process. And I'm like, damn, that thing's beautiful. And then I rode it and was not a fan. <laughs> okay. I like how that turned out. Was it? Yeah. Oh, 
was. It just, just was not there for me. <laughs> I think um, I still haven't taken out for a ride or had the bike, but uh, it was the speed concept from Trek. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't know. It just looks like a Tron bike. It just looks so sweet. Borderline. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I still got to take it out. Maybe when the snow melts. Yeah. So 2019 goals? 2019 goals, yeah. Jamie? Let's get a new one. 1996 Rally Serengeti mountain bike. Nice. Shimano STX RC Racing Grupo. Had a RockShox duty fork on it. It was red. That bike was going to be mine. By the time I saved enough enough money to buy it, it was two years later. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't get the bike, but I got a silver bike. Bike world doesn't stop. So I'm here with Graham and Garrett, and they are two recent hires of the bike shop. And yeah, just wanted to pick their brain real quick about sort of getting hired into the bike shop retail setting and sort of maybe pick their brain of what they've learned. Um, I've been in the industry for over 10 years now, so I kind of forgot stuff. I'm old. Um, But they're young whippersnappers who are just new to the whole retail game, so be curious to get uh, some insight into uh, into their background. So this is going to be a bit of a roundtable sort of discussion or gathering around of cell phone. Um, so Goram, how'd you get into it? Because you sort of started with uh, Kids of Mud, didn't you? I did not. Okay. i got to update your file. Um, so how'd you get started? Um, well, I kept coming here since I was like 14 years old. Keep asking... Uh the owner if you want to hire me but I was too young then so he told me to come back when I was 16 handed in the resume and uh, went the old-fashioned route it's been a pretty good first job though so far how old are you now can't complain I'm 16 okay yeah, that's right. tomorrow. oh happy birthday thanks man hey sweet we'll publish yeah. this tomorrow and so that's your happy birthday post and we've also got Garrett here who that's not his actual name so uh, he goes by many names, and we pick one, and we, he just responds to whatever one we pick. Um, it's your second year going into your third summer. Uh, how'd you get into the shop? Uh, well, back in junior high, or middle, middle school years, I guess you can say that, yeah. I, uh, I had a teacher who, who did a lot of bike stuff, and we kind of went on a huge bike trip. After that, got my first bike, fell in love with just biking, and then uh, took the mechanics course we had here. Had tons of fun doing that, and cool. just wanted to stay around bikes, so I got a job here. Talked to Phil. Pretty, uh, pretty fun interview. Yeah, yeah. No, no. no Maybe um, that's a whole segment there. Where we'll <laughs> actually like do our Phil interview stories, like capture each one of how it all went down. Not, not a lot of, not a lot of words said, but. Uh, oh. Phil did not say one yeah. word to me. <laughs> he, just, he just sat there. Looked at you? Yeah. Stared right into your soul yeah. and walked away. He had a nice little grin going, though, so I thought yeah. it went pretty good. Yeah. yeah, that's how you know you did okay. Um, cool. So, first thing that you guys sort of realized, maybe about bikes that you might have not known previously it's sort of like that first new thing where it sort of like brightened your world like there's always that one moment of 
oh, that's how a derailleur <laughs> works, or, um, or I've been taping my bars wrong the entire time, like some people we know here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that was it's, awesome. It's solid now. It's, it's solid now. now? Yeah. It's good now. Good. Um, but yeah, like just flat out, like there's that moment of illumination where you just figure something out for the first time kind of thing. So do you have any of those moments? Oh, geez. How to install a inner tube properly. Yeah. God damn. I was like, I was doing the jankiest stuff, you know, like putting the tire on before the tube, inner tube and like not pumping it up first. I exploded a couple of tubes at home before and tried to get them warrantied. That didn't work. No. I was just an no. idiot, but no, we won't do how that. to seed that. But as soon as you get here and then people immediately roast you hard when you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so hard. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. John. <laughs> John. Yeah, John. That's a John move. John got so mad at me for popping a tire. Um... The derailleur is always a pain in the, pain in the butt, but uh, it was the uh, the headset and the uh, the star nut when you're uh, setting it. Yeah, when, yeah. You're, when you're tightening the the stem and then the star nut. Yeah. Star nut then stem. Yeah. 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 That's um, that's the proper way. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, for the bike kind of courses, everything was like I don't know how much went into bikes. It was intense. PK went out for beers at the Commons all the time. Rome oh wait, time. should I? Pro- I should probably not record this part. Uh, oh, Rome, Rome three. I thought you had a Talon or a Rebel. That was uh, what replacement Rome after got stolen. Oh, okay, yeah. you had a bike that got stolen. So like, you took Kobe's course and then you like yeah. immediately came here and got a Rome. Yep, that was on the uh, th- that bike trip. Where did you guys go? Went biking Birds Hill. Took oh, a Baroque trip. Oh, I came with you. I was there. I was on my 24 and everyone was roasting me, but I was still flying past everybody. I remember that. That was a good, that was a good ride. You remember Scott English, right? Yeah. Dude had like this like crazy carbon bike there. It was hilarious. You're like, what are you doing? So I want to be very forthright with all of you uh, who are listening to the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast. Um, I've been given a very particular opportunity um, to work with a uh, pretty established bike brand. So I'm just going to put it out there and I want to just be completely open about it. Um, Is that for 2019, I'm going to be a giant bicycle ambassador um, for the Giant Bicycle Canada uh, side of things. Uh, Super excited. Thank you so much to everyone at Giant Bicycle Canada for uh, welcoming me to to the group, um, to the ambassadorship program. Uh, huge shout out to my man Dean, as well as everyone, uh, and in particular whoever handles the uh, social media at Giant Bicycle Canada. Love you, whoever you are, anonymous GBC person you, um, for the opportunity and for the shout outs. Um, and so what does that all mean for the podcast? Uh, is it going to become all sponsory? Uh, is it going to have like over the head, hit you over the head type promotion with product? Um, short answer to all that is not necessarily. Um, dot, 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 no. Um, 
So with that being said, Giant does not give me any money whatsoever uh, to promote their product. Uh, they are giving me uh, a bike at a reduced rate. Um, I won't say how much, um, but they are giving me a bike at a reduced rate that I will have to pay for. So I am buying a product from them. And uh, that is full disclosure there. It is not a free bike. So don't feel that uh, just because I'm getting something for nothing uh, means that they're going to get priority over this and that. Um, I do have a slight sort of uh, disclosure that any of my road rides that I will be documenting or making content for uh, will be featuring that particular bicycle. Um, my off-road riding is still, uh, I'm still using a Norco Search XR um, and I will be promoting Norco bikes that way. Um, so they have not bought my soul and I did not sell out particularly. Um, even though I don't really understand what selling out is. Um, if it helps, I'm poor. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when you make less than, I would say, $50,000 a year, um, working two jobs as well as uh, training really hard, and that takes up a lot of time, I'm not going to lie, I'm poor. Um, so that being said, they're not giving me any money and uh, I will be riding one of their bikes for the coming year. So I'll be documenting that. Um, the bike itself, if you've got that question on your lips, is uh, a giant TCR Advanced Pro 1 disc. Uh, I'm changing my current giant TCR Pro 1 from a rim brake to a disc brake. It's something I wanted to do for about two years now. Um, I was going to do it last year. However, those stars did not line up and gravel sort of took a priority. Uh, it's still going to be a priority in 2019. However, uh, due to the non-competitive nature of the ambassadorship, they really want uh, the ambassadors to do more of a grassroots community sort of building uh, feature set. So with that being said, I will be doing that. Um, that's why I did not go with perhaps the new redesigned uh, Giant Revolt uh, gravel bike that came out. Although I'd love to try riding it, don't get me wrong. Um, and if truth be told, uh, my competitive nature did come out, it would actually maybe not necessarily be gravel and it wouldn't necessarily be the road. It would actually be in time trials. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, I've done it a little bit and my style of riding on the road is very much a time trial pace. I start out uh, slower than all my friends, but I finish way faster than them, uh, even at the same pace. Um, it's how I ride. Um, heads up for anyone who rides with me. And I also have the uh, kilo to weight ratio, um, sorry, kilo to watts ratio of uh, someone who can time trial, but also climb really well because I'm a fairly lightweight rider. So I can go over hills and uphills pretty quickly. Um, but I'm more of a time trialist in terms of how I ride. Uh, I'm not a ruler whatsoever. Um, I wish I was uh, very similar to a lot of those pros that ride like that, but I'm very similar to, um, to like a Tom Dumoulin who can climb uphill. Actually, we're about the same height, um, as well as, uh, closer to, uh, Chris Froome. Uh, however, I don't ride so awkwardly on a bike. Um, but yeah, that being said, that's sort of my forte is that I do more time trial pace and I can 
you tell me to hit a certain pace uh, or speed, and I can hold on to that for a good long while before needing to take a break. Um, my friends can attest to a lot of that. So that all being said, I would have gone if it was on the competitive side of it, and that's what this ambassadorship was aimed at. It's not. Um, I would have gone with a giant trinity, and I would have done time trial. Uh, that being said, next year I do actually full 100% plan on doing more time trials uh, featured in my riding. So who knows uh, if that will be the time trial bike that I will be getting. Stay tuned on that. We will see. Um, but I just wanted to share with you, the listener, um, that whole tangent and preamble uh, was I just want to disclose that, yes, I am going to be featuring and riding on a giant product for 2019, um, singing its praises. And you know what? Truth be told, I will be highlighting some of its uh, its cons as well. Um, every bike does have that. And um I can point out that the double-edged sword right off the get is going to be, uh, one, it's going to be the fact that the, um, the steerer system of the ODI, or sorry, OD2, uh, interface is going to be, uh, they have their own proprietary steering stem, and if you want to get a third-party steerer tube, it's going to have to be, uh, either from Giant, it's going to have to either be through Richie, or it's going to be through uh, Pro Bike Gear. So third-party manufacturers are slowly making stuff for it, um, and you're going to be paying a premium for that, which is kind of kind of bonk when the rest of the industry is still using uh, a standardized headset. Um, that being said, um, I actually do enjoy the fact that I can oversteer on uh, on the actual handlebars and all that and actually have pinpoint control the entire time that's what i think the tcr makes it feel balanced uh a lot of the time and they haven't really changed the design all that much in the 20 plus years they've had this bike out um the other thing is going to be the uh, seat post shape feature is uh, a bit of a teardrop wing sort of shape um again you can't switch it out for a third party one so if you have a offset that you are needing um i think giant actually sells an offset for the bike uh not too sure anyways um so for fit or if you do prefer say like thompson or zip uh seat post you can't just throw one in because well it won't work and it won't fit into the frame um but also the adjustments of the frame uh there's like a wedge shape to hold the seat post in i'm not a huge fan of that but a lot of the bike industry is going that route. It's not using a seat post collar. Uh, it's what keeps the clean look of the bike going. Um, so yeah, there's cons for every bike. And those are just two off the top of my head uh, staring at my existing bike. Uh, I'm excited about trying disc brakes. Um, it's going to be hydro, uh, hydraulic Shimano Altegra. New, the, the new 8000 series. Um so I'm excited about trying that out. Uh, I don't think there's really going to be any difference in the shifting. There's going to be so much difference in the braking, obviously. Um, and I'm excited about moving from 25C tires um, up to 28 and see how that goes on that bike. Um, 
I really enjoy the plush sort of sensation. And the 28s are actually a faster moving tire. So uh, it comes actually with a tubeless wheel set right off the get. So I don't think I'm gonna go tubeless to be honest. Uh, I still enjoy riding on tubes and it's just faster for me to uh, change out a tube rather than deal with sealant and all that fun stuff. So uh, there you have it. Um, I will be probably plugging every now and again uh, community events that will be going for uh, the giant ambassadorship. Uh, it's just one of some of the requirements of the ambassadorship. Uh, they will be featuring on my Instagram and Twitter handles um, and accounts. So if you have any questions about that or if it feels too much of over the top, uh, that's the only reason why I'm doing it. And it's also going to be featuring on the podcast because I will be uh, recording audio from those social rides. Um, I'm looking at investing in a secondary uh, voice recorder slash mic set. So that way I can actually microphone another rider and sync the audio and have that as part of uh, a podcast episode from the rides themselves. Because you'll hear my voice, but you might hear a faint other person um, because the microphone might not pick it up. And just for my own audio experiences, I think that would actually be a really cool sort of thing to hear about because a lot is said on a ride and heard on a ride that uh, doesn't make it into the podcast. And I think hearing both sides and two voices and a conversation is actually way better than uh, none at all. So that all being said, um, stay tuned for that. I just wanted to put my full disclaimer, full disclosure, um, not trying to hide anything from you, my listeners. Um, yeah, so there we have it. I'm going to be a giant ambassador. Um, if you have any comments or questions about that, leave them below. Love to hear your thoughts about it. Um, and yeah, on with the show. folks welcome to what's new in technology uh coming to hopefully a bike shop near you uh also spotted out in the wild in some of this case um first up is going to be the tax neo 2 uh smart as they're calling it uh it is coming it's got some amazing uh new insights into smart trainer technology uh not only does it uh still have the real road sense feel um there's been some quieting um technology sort of bumped into it to make it a bit more quiet i guess in uh to make it a bit more of quiet whisper uh experience as well as uh some new analytics that are they've crammed into this uh unit in terms of possible pedal stroke analysis um now, I have to always give a big sort of applause, tip of the hat to uh, Tax for making a lot of up-to-date technology and also sort of future-proofing a lot of their product. Um, they do so in the event that new algorithms can actually be um, used in the future to like make their products even better so that way you're not feeling out of date on their current product. Um, so yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this new version of the neo smart uh, which is a flagship model so it will be of a premium price um, 
compares to their previous one um, and also to see if any of that really interesting uh, like dynamic inertia and descent simulation will be transferred more so into their uh, more value priced prosumer type units um, just my own speculation there i really don't know what's going to be happening in the near future it would be great to see if tax did do that similar to how shimano and uh sram do have trickle down sort of technologies built into their uh their particular product um so that being said it's just one of those things that uh got my eye really interested in seeing how that's going to play out as well as uh to see how its competitors are going to be reacting to this bit of news um wahoo's going to be probably looking at doing something very similar uh with their product lineup um i actually got a small little tangent uh, about dealing with wahoo uh there was a previous year kicker uh approximately a 2014 unit uh, that had a damaged uh, power circuitry board and I've been in contact with Wahoo uh, to and fro for about two weeks and during that two week time uh, they have shipped out uh, a brand spanking new one uh, it's not the most easiest bit to install um, you can actually check out my Instagram if uh, that's at Dustin WHT um, to actually see what the PCB looks like when it's being installed. Uh, it is requiring very small hands and tools to get in there. Um, I kind of wish that there was an Allen key that was bigger than say a two millimeter or even a three millimeter uh, diameter and had a smaller L bend to it. Um, it was very precarious trying to get uh, my slightly big paws into such a tight space to uh, manipulate and actually get at those screws that actually cover uh, the power circuitry board to take that out replug in the new one put it all back together and uh, dynamo test it huge shout out to kevin who helped me out huge on that whole project there and um uh also congratulations to uh, the customer who's getting their uh their trainer back uh hopefully tickety-boo and running safe and sound again um so that's kind of like my little tangent bringing it back to new tech news um the new sram 12 speed red e-tap has been spotted out in the wild uh there are some great photos you can check them out on cycling tips uh to actually get really great photos uh they credit the right person because i'm gonna butcher that person's name so i don't want to really say it but all credit is given to them um it was seen at the criterium saitama um in japan and um which is a bit of a promotional race it's not really a race i don't think um be great to get some insights from world tour racers on that one uh it looks like more of a, an appearance fee slash money grab for racers to show up and uh put on a demonstration race it satisfies the crowd and they are kind of into it but realistically it's not really a race so it's not really competitive but the cool thing was that uh 12 speed etap red has been seen uh in the wild um just some quick notes from it that really caught my eye is that there's a newly designed crank set. Uh, the one feud was a 50 tooth uh, 37 inner ring. Um, and it also had a new cork power meter that was also 
outfitted with it. Uh, it looks like there's a bit of a node slash a uh, little bit of a tower feature above the bolt-on three-piece setup for the crank arm. Um, I'm not describing that correctly, probably. Um, but it looks like uh, there's going to be new ways to put in the strain gauges that make the cork power meter work. Um, it's still going to be a three-piece design, uh, so very similar to what SRAM is already putting out. Um, Easton also sort of does something very similar with that uh, on the roadside as well as race face, uh, which is uh, almost their off-road uh, slash mountain bike component group. Uh, there's also a new cassette uh, for those 12 speeds, and the one that was shown in the picture is a 1028. Um, so they added on a tenth tooth. That's hard to say. Um, very big sprint cog. Uh, it looks like the dynamic, uh, sorry, the gear ratios, not dynamic. Um, the gear ratios are actually way more even throughout, as well as that 28 paired with the 37 tooth inner ring on the crank set uh, is going to be a tremendous amount of climbing capability. And uh, from the drivetrain scale of 50 tooth to 37 uh, matched with a 1028, uh, it's actually very similar to uh, reports saying that it is the equivalent of almost a 53. Uh, they're actually calling it a sorry, a 53 point decimal, uh, higher decimal number. So it's almost a 54 uh, gear range. So you actually still get a massive sprint gear uh, on that particular big ring. Um, there's also a new chain that's going with this drivetrain setup and that's actually very exciting. Um, it looks like Campagnolo narrowed their chain. Um, this one actually looks to be the same width as the existing 11 speed chains. Um, however, the external roller um, piece of the chain, the part that faces out uh, towards the non-drive side out. No, it faces out. Um, it faces out towards you, the onlooker. Um, that's actually one way to reinforce uh, the amount of strain that's also going to happen, uh, as well as the amount of yaw uh, and trim that's going to be needed to probably effectively uh, get that chain over top of those 12 speeds. Um, it also looks like the derailleur is very similar to a clutch system, so that way it's going to be very crisp shifting at all times. Um, and don't still know i think this has actually been updated but it looks like the hub width uh for the rear wheels is still going to be using the um 10 11 speed uh free hub body that is currently being used um so it should not be affecting uh q factor as well as uh shifting so you could possibly still upgrade your favorite bike frame with a 12 speed system uh from sram which is actually pretty cool one thing I should be mentioning about SRAM uh, in comparison to both Campagnolo and Shimano is that Shimano will announce something and you won't see it on shelves uh, or be able to really buy it for a solid while thereafter. There seems to be some kind of uh, product management issue. Uh, SRAM, uh, sorry, Campagnolo also does something very similar. They'll announce it, they'll showcase it, but it won't be available for a good long while. Um, again due to product management issues um but with sram they're pretty good at when they announce something formally that within 
X amount of months, uh, possibly even weeks or even same day as the announcement. Um, it is available to the consumer as well as uh, bike shops that want to order it, which is tremendous for us as brick and mortar. Um, that actually gives us huge help to uh, supply product for our customer base. Um, so big ups to SRAM. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that model of don't announce it until it's ready. Uh, somewhat similar to uh, Apple's iPhone sort of methodology of uh, product announcement. Um, don't announce it until it's ready. Just do us all a favor. Don't get our hopes up. Uh, just get us excited, but don't get our hopes up uh, about new product and drivetrains. Otherwise, uh, my first impressions of actually the aesthetics, I like it. Uh, I showed it to a few work coworkers um, at the shop. They're just not into road as much as I am. So there's that. They, they just didn't, weren't too excited about it, but me, I was totally into it. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much what's new in, uh, tech at, uh, in and around the bike shops. Cool. All right. So what's up in the shop? Um, it's still very quiet right now. Uh, it's the quietest portion of the sales year for us, um, and it's still underway. We are currently waiting for a good dumping of snow. It's uh, currently November, um, and it's cold, but it's not terribly precipitous, as uh, the science nerds will tell you. And yeah, there's just not a lot of snow right now. So in the off season, as we quote it, um, you can't see me, but I air quoted that. Um, we sell a lot of cross country slash Nordic skis and it's mostly classic style. It's very flat here in Manitoba and we don't have a lot of downhill, so we don't really specialize in doing downhill skis. Um, other bike shops will to sort of supplement their income to get into that white space. However, uh, there's really no Alpine skiing really to be done here in Manitoba. There's a small little hill, um, that is over in 10 seconds, I think, if you go down. Um, takes longer to go up than it does coming down, as is always the case with downhill skiing. But uh, here locally, we do a lot of uh, Nordic slash, slash classic style. And uh, it's actually a good way to explore a lot of the flatness that is uh, a lot of prairie here in Manitoba. Um, so that's all going on. We actually had the Solomon rep in uh, this week, and he did a little bit of a product knowledge sesh with all of the staff. I showed up late to it. I totally uh, forgot time management, I would have to call it, and uh, arrived late. Um, but skis haven't changed so much that uh, really side tangent to a bike issue. Um, a lot of the skis have skins onto them now, so that way it's replacing waxless skis, um, which I think is really cool for the consumer, especially the novice in terms of getting something out of uh, skiing and not really having to worry about waxing, uh, kick waxing, so that way you got adhesion to snow and glide and all that fun stuff. But back to bikes. Um, we do sell actually a tremendous amount of fat bikes. We are working with Norco Bicycle to possibly be doing a uh, promoted day slash event. Um, looking forward to working with them on that particular little bit. Hopefully I can still get Tom and Chris 
both from Norco to uh, weigh in and maybe get them on the podcast here. Um, but 2019 bikes, this is my exciting part of the year. Um, 2019 bikes are actually showing up and they show up when they're available, which is kind of weird. Um, but I'm not the one making bikes and I'm not the one doing the product supply chain. So it's exciting to see, uh, the following. I'm really excited to see these following bikes. I got a small list here that I'm reading off, um, specialized bikes in person, um, my bike shop doesn't carry specialized, but I'm actually very excited to see some of the paint schemes, group sets, um, how clean sometimes specialized can make uh, the wiring and uh, cabling for um, their product. Um, also to hear about ride impressions. Oh, excuse me. Um, hear the ride impressions of the specialized platform and uh 2019 model year of bikes also i'm very excited to see a trek madone in person um my man clint is something of a genius uh behind the scenes and i'm hoping he's able to work some magic and um we're able to get one in for a demo purpose uh, for the shop this year. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but I'm actually really excited to see one in person just to see how the ISO speed uh, front and rear decouplers work. Um, it's going to be a disc one, hopefully, and uh, to see how clean that disc routing is going to be going. Uh, for me, if you hear me pontificate about uh, the cleanliness of bicycle cabling and routing, um, Bikes are getting to the point where, yes, you can still service them, but you're going to need a bit more than the basic rudimentary skill set to service a bicycle. That being said, um, bicycle cabling, especially when things are going more and more disc, um, things are going more internal. So they are hopefully bike brands are going to be routing more and more cabling through the actual bikes, um, which is going to be a bit of a pain in the ass for um those who are building up the bikes and servicing them in the future but that being said as long as the uh housing line itself isn't uh tampered with foiled up um or ruined uh just due to exploratory purposes which is often the case um it should be really a, not much of a maintenance issue uh in the future um but that being said and tangent um norco actually has a bike that is i i don't know if i'm allowed to say it yet i'm gonna probably get a text from uh norco for about this but uh norco has a bike called the section that is coming out um i'm actually very excited about this bike because it is uh if you've looked very closely and paid attention norco is actually leaving the road cycling space um, take a look at their site. You'll see that there's actually no race bikes coming out for 2019. Uh, Norco is taking the uh, tactic and strategy of playing to their strengths of really committing and going all in on the drop, sorry, dirt drop bar sort of bike. That would be the uh, Norco Search, uh, the XR series, as well as uh, the Norco Section, which is also playing into that space. Um, the Section is going to be the more aero, sexy, faster, uh, slightly smaller tire wheel uh, combo there. Um, it's the more aero version of a Search, to be honest, um, which is very exciting actually for me because I'm 
excited to see this bike in person. I know we got a couple of them ordered up. Uh, we're just waiting to actually get our paws on them. Um, from the preliminary images that I've seen, and this is not necessarily gonna be the case, because uh, it could always change, but it looks like a really well integrated and thought out bike uh, that's gonna be able to handle whatever the road sort of throws at you. It's really designed to be a bike that once the road gets a little gnarly, uh, it can handle itself just fine. Um, I think, think of like the, uh, if you've seen a search, Norco search, um, one, check out my Instagram, you can see one there, um, but also on their website, that's norco.com. Um, you'll see that this bike, the Norco Search is a very much a utilitarian, really can handle gnarly single track, uh, a lot of dirt road, uh, fire roads, this and that, like light bike packing. Um, the Norco section is gonna be more of a uh, speedster version of all that. Um, I really can't say much more than that. It's also gonna really accept uh, slightly smaller tire widths as well. Um, I think the biggest on tire you can fit onto that wheel set and into that frame is gonna be about a 35C tire, um, which is pretty darn exciting. So you can actually put on um, some really big, thick, slick uh, tires if you wanna use it on as a full-on road bike, um, or if you wanna go a little bit explore, um, put on some file treads. I highly recommend actually the uh, Donnelly Cycling uh, Strata series. They have some really interesting tires, file treads coming out very soon. I'm hoping to actually get my hands on some so I can actually maybe change out my tire choice on my Norco uh, for next year's gravel season. Um, got some ideas on that. And uh, yeah, really excited to see the Norco section. So if I have to cut this out in future, uh, enjoy this bit of revelation. Um, Giant, I'm excited to see a lot of their bike lineup. Um, we've seen a few of them in the shop. I'm gonna get to it in uh, just a second here, but I'm particularly particularly excited to see the redesigned Revolt. Uh, that is gonna be their gravel bike, uh, performance bike. It's been seen at Dirty Kanza. It's been seen at uh, Private Idaho. Uh, a lot of these, these tent pole uh, bike gravel race events, it's been seen there and raced at, um, and it's been doing quite well. Um, so it's actually very exciting to see that bike. Uh, and on another note, uh, as I mentioned, the uh, giant ambassadorship for 2019 for yours truly, um, I do have that TCR Advanced Pro 1 disc. Uh, it's diff it's quite a bit to say there. Um, I am in talks to maybe get my hands on a Revolt uh, to see about if that can happen. Um, that's a lot of bike for me to be buying in one year, but we'll see how that goes. Um, I love my Norco Search XR. It's a tremendous bike. I am just curious to see how uh, the Giant Revolt rides in comparison and also uh, holds up to it. Um, favorite bikes that I've seen so far and in person. Um, the 2019 Norco Search XR steel frame with a carbon fork is one of my favorite bikes of 2019 having seen it in 2018. Um, 
The Reynolds steel frame is just stunning. Uh, it's a brushed metal with a slight acidic uh, patina applied to it just to give it a little bit of character and really bring out the characteristics of steel. Um, it is beautiful to photograph. I loved it. I got some of the photos up on uh, Instagram, so hit that up. Um, and the, the, the carbon fork actually fits with the headset. It's actually using a modern headset, so you don't have to worry about that one inch uh, traditional steel frame headset. It's actually using a modern one. So feel free to put on um, whatever bar stem, handlebar and stem system that you prefer. Uh, it's really adaptable for that. Um, I am in full regret. Uh, I wish I could buy a second one. Um, to have alongside my Carbon uh, Search XR. I absolutely love this frame. So if you get a chance, get one, get one soon. They made only so many of them. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast internationally, they've only made so many of them. So get to your Norco dealer, get one up. You will not regret it. Um, the cabling on it is gonna be using more of a uh, mechanical version. That's gonna be really great for the folks that like to do light touring and bike packing. It's going to be able to, uh, you don't have to do a bleed kit uh, outside of, like, you don't have to do an emergency bleed if you needed to. Uh, the cabling is giving you a tremendous amount of modulation, um, and it's just a beautiful bike. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's, it's amazing. I can't stop talking about it. Uh, the 2019 Norco Threshold Aluminum and Carbon models are super, super clean. I saw a few of them at uh, Beyond the Grave Part 2. Um, other bike shops are selling them and got them to their customers, but it was amazing to see them actually raced. Uh, wonderful color schemes. Super, super clean. The cabling is just mwah, so good. Um, also, the spec and the geometry fits so many riders that I'm actually very excited to see that being more of a thing. Um, it's not so slack that it feels very uh, unresponsive. It can still be a very twitchy bike if you want it to be. Um, that also being said, the uh, 2019 Trek Crockets can also be set up very much the same way. And with that stranglehold dropout, uh, a feature that I'm actually a huge fan of, you can actually, one, single speed it if you decide to do that. Two, you can actually make the wheelbase longer so that way it's way more stable and unstable terrain should you want to put on bigger, beefier tires. Uh, do see Trek, uh, trekbikes.com for more details on that, um, on what they allow. And uh, if you want to make it a more twitchy race machine uh, so that way the back end is a little bit more twitchy and the handling changes just a little bit. Um, you can actually slam forward the hub, uh, the rear hub into the bike. So that way it's more underneath the saddle itself. So that way it's a bit more of a twitchy sort of feel. Um, it's really hard to explain half this stuff actually without showing anyone. Um, but yeah, you'd slam the rear wheel more underneath the rider and that actually just changes the center of gravity and the stability factor. And that's what makes it twitchy. Um, Trek has that Crockett uh, stranglehold, and that's what allows that all to happen, uh, which is super, super cool. Um, and then also, oh, the boons. The boons were also really cool to see uh, in person. Um, I wasn't a fan online of seeing, like, I don't know who's taking these product photos, but they're not doing it justice, or are, I'm pretty sure our monitors are actually color corrected. Um, 
because we do a lot of graphic output at the shop. Um, but yeah, our screens are color corrected, but for whatever reason, like the bikes from on the Trek and giant websites, they just don't translate well from web to real life. They look way better in real life. So take that for what it's worth. Um, if you see a bike on their website and you're kind of wondering, humming and hawing, if you think you would like it, you really have to do some diligence, see one in person, and you'll understand the paint, uh, the features, um, the product engineering of what all went into it. It's way better in person. Just take my word for it. Um, the 2019 Giant Trans 29er, I really don't talk much about mountain bikes, um, mostly because I don't do it, and I really have no interest in doing it, so this is not going to be a terribly new feature here on the podcast, um, but there's a lot of beauty of the design going into this one. Uh, again, it's a hot damn nice looking bike. You have to see this thing in person. Um, they have an aluminum one that is just this spectacular royal blue that has a bit of a candy uh, to the paint that is just tremendous. They are going all in, uh, Giant is, on their paint schemes. Um, super clean, not a lot of logo branding onto it, uh, similar to what Norco is doing. They're not doing a lot of logo branding um, on these mountain bikes, and I really, really like that touch. Uh, they're really letting the design of the bike speak for itself. You don't have to slap your name all over it to make it the bike, um, if that makes sense. Um, if you get a chance to test ride one, do so. Uh, it has changed just a little bit in terms of its handling, just due to that 2.9er wheelbase. Um, also, they brought back the Anthem 2.9er, which is also very exciting. Uh, we got one of those in the shop as well. I haven't had a chance to throw a leg over it, um, but a lot of the staff that are into mountain bikes, they've got their eyes on picking one up for themselves. So, that all being said, those are my favorite bikes I've seen so far in 2018 going into 2019. So very cool question. Which 2019 bikes are you excited to see? I uh, hit it up in the comments below for this particular podcast episode. Love reading your quips and uh, comments. Um, it's fun to actually have a little bit of a repartee and conversation going about the podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm really curious as to which bikes you are excited to see in 2019. Uh, are you looking at getting a new bike? Are you looking at improving the bike that you currently have? You're totally fine with what you got. Are you looking at maybe just getting some new tires? Um, never hurts to do that. Um, are you looking at maybe getting um, a whole new group set? That that could be a huge investment too. Uh, new wheels perhaps. Um, as I said, Put your comments in below. I would love to read it. Uh, you can also hit me up uh, through the DMs on Instagram. Uh, that handle is DustinWHT. Or on Twitter, again, same handle, DustinWHT. You can hit me up there. Uh, love to hear from you. There you have it, folks. That's episode 44 of the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast. Done. Uh, sorry it took so long to get it all done. Um, really try to get that audio fixed. And it's uh, just reminds me to stay humble about uh, when things go wrong and uh, adversity decides to 
play their hand and screw you over and also i'm just taking ownership of me screwing up so that being said hopefully next time i cover a bike race i'll have full batteries and a signal and not have my phone on do not roam um it would have been so much better that way but hopefully you like my little patch job so <laughs> that all being said uh, i want to know what you plan on doing this november off season uh are you just taking a time off the bike um are you doing any kind of winter training are you doing some cyclocross races uh, are you doing some fat bike are you doing another sport uh maybe some climbing or some uh cross-country skiing maybe some downhill um I want to know. Hit me up in the comments below uh, that you are listening to this podcast. I do read them. Uh, they do get forwarded to me. Um, and also, if you like this episode, leave me a rating in uh, the format that you are listening to it. If it's on Apple Podcasts, love to hear from you. Um, love to get a rating. And if it's on Google Play as well as Spotify, also, same thing. Love to get a rating. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time.